Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. Driving through Napa Valley on Highway 29, just a few miles north of St. Helena, you'll come across a beautifully restored candy apple red 1949 Chevy pickup parked on the side of the road. This is the sign that you've reached Benessere Vineyards. But this isn't just another typical Napa winery. Founded in 1994 by John and Ellen Benish, the couple wanted to build a place that reminded them of a wonderful trip to Italy they had taken. So rather than planting all of the grape varieties Napa has become known for, the Benishes chose to plant Italian varieties like Sangiovese, Moscato di Canale, and even Sagrantino. Oddly, had it not been for prohibition, these grapes may have been the dominant varieties grown in today's Napa Valley. Oh, and yes, you heard me right, Sagrantino from Napa. It really is a thing. It's something you want to get your hands on, and Benessere is the only place you could find it. This episode of The Honest Pour is sponsored in part by Fooditor.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Fooditor.com. Hi, welcome to The Honest Pour. I'm John Leonard. Joining me today is Ryan Shank of Benessere Vineyards, and we are here today in the heart of Napa Valley in the vineyard. Thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. We are in the vineyard. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Napa Valley. Nice, clean, and crisp December uh, day. A uh, little windy, but uh, it's it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful day. So, Benessery is different. I mean, you, when, when people think of Napa, they think a lot of Cabernet and Merlot and maybe some Chardonnay. That's not what's going on here. Tell me what's going on here. No, we uh, we like to go a different direction. Uh, we specialize in uh, Italian varietals, so. Sangiovese, Pinot Grigio, um, we make a super Tuscan style wine, which does have Cabernet in there, but uh, also has Sangiovese, um, as well as a couple uh, Italian varietals that we're the only producers of Napa Valley grown, um, Olianico and Sagrantino, um, two lesser known uh, varietals um, from Italy that even Italians don't know uh, very much about, uh, but they're very great uh, Wine, make very great wines, and uh, we really enjoy them here. Where the idea for this shift in direction come from? <laughs> so uh, John and Ellen Benish, who are uh, our founders and owners, uh, they um, uh, bought the property in 1994. But before that, they uh, the inspiration came from a um, a family trip to Italy in the late 80s. Um, they they fell in love with Italy, fell in love with Tuscany, and just loved everything about it. The, the lifestyle, the food, the people, the wine, it just they just absolutely loved it. Uh, and so fast forward a couple years, they came to Napa Valley and found a lot of those similar uh, qualities that they saw in Italy. Uh, the food, the lifestyle, the people, they loved it. And so uh, they decided to... Um, take a step into Napa Valley and, and purchase a home here. Not originally uh, intending to start a winery, uh, but they, um, nevertheless, this property, which is a 40 acre uh, property, uh, right in the heart of, uh, heart of Napa Valley, just north of Santa Elena, um, and this was available, so they, they decided to purchase it. Um, and then once they did purchase it, the first thing they did was they ripped up all the vines on the property. Um, they. The, the vines were in disrepair, they were sickly, and, and so they needed to go. When, they did, when it came time to replant, they, they remembered their time, their fond memories of Italy, and so uh, they decided to plant Sangiovese. Um, among other varietals, they did plant Cabernet and Merlot and a couple other varietals, uh, but Sangiovese was kind of the, um, 
the love of what they wanted to do. And they found that this part of Napa Valley, which is one of the warmer spots in Napa Valley, um, we're about a mile away from the hottest part of Napa Valley, historically speaking, of course. Um, and it was very well suited for, for San Giovese and other Italian bridles. You know, it's interesting when you think about the history of Napa Valley, had it not been for prohibition, these are the grapes that you're growing here that may likely have dominated today had it not been for that. Absolutely. Um, there were a lot of Italian immigrants that, that settled in Napa Valley. Um, you know, one of the, the key figures in Napa Valley wine, Robert Mondavi, his family was Italian. They came from, from the motherland, if you, if you will. Um, and who knows uh, what would have happened had uh, Prohibition not have um, sort of stunted the growth of, of <laughs> winemaking in Napa Valley. Yeah, very, very Italian definitely roots in, in, in Napa Valley here. You mentioned you, you make, obviously, San Giovese. Uh, you talked a little bit about Sagrantino and Alianico. Sagrantino, I'm really interested in. It's, it's, if you don't know what Sagrantino is, Sagrantino is, this, uh, is the indigenous grape from Umbria, which is the heart of Italy. And it's ripping high acidity, super abrasive tannin. But underneath all of that is this really pretty fruit. And if you have Sagrantino with food, it's really special. It's hard to drink a glass on its own, though. It is hard to drink on its own. And it is one of the wines um, that we... Uh, it, it takes a long time to to come into its own in, in terms of it's a very tight wine for for a few years it, it's definitely one to age a little bit longer than some of the other wines that we produce uh, but you're absolutely right it's um it's it's a beautiful wine it takes uh, a long time to ripen on the on the vine so you get a lot of flavor uh, because of that um, and we really enjoy it and we're really proud to have it as one of our uh, wines in our portfolio i'm really intrigued by the idea of uh, Sagrantino and Napa Valley. Are those vines somewhere nearby here or are they kind of buried deep in the, the vineyard? The Sagrantino or just on the other side of the house there. Can, um, we, can we go over to take a look? We, we absolutely can. Um, we've also uh, sort of a um, something new that we did this year. Uh, up in for the last uh, many years we've um, sourced our Alianico grapes from um, uh, our next door uh, neighbors, the Collins family. Um, they had Alianico as part of their Holy Stone vineyard, um, but this year we've decided to um, graft over about an acre and a half of Alianico onto this property. So starting uh, in the next couple of years, we will have our own estate grown. Um, oh, terrific! Yep. And where did where did the uh, where did the vine stock come from? So the vine stock came from Italy. Um, there's uh, <laughs> who you ask. Um, not exactly sure how it got here, but um, they came here. So maybe some dubious... Uh, <laughs> I was not here during that time, so I, have no, I can neither confirm nor deny that. A lot, a lot of grapes never, get here that way, though, in, <laughs> in somebody's suitcase. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Oh, wow. So, so, yeah, so you can see, I mean, it's uh, there. even without any leaves, you can see there's just a lot of... Big, hardy vines yep, exactly. and sort of gangly growing all over the place. Yep, absolutely. How do consumers react to these varieties you know it's 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 much easier to sell napa cabernet than alianico absolutely uh what, what what's the typical customer perception of that well i would i would probably say 99 percent of people that come into the taste room uh and we pour them either alianico sagrantino the very first question is i've never or, what is that i've never heard of this before uh and to be quite honest before i came to benestra i'd never really heard of these varietals 
but what I found is that they're they're really great wines. The Alianicos and Sagrantina are just such different wines than than a typical Cab or Sangiovese even. Um, but they're, they're, it's you know once people try them, it's like wow, these are these are quite tasty. Um, as you said earlier, the Sagrantina is a great food wine um, that you know you have with a nice meal and um, but. They're, they're great wines. You know, driving up Highway 29 uh, through the heart of Napa Valley, once you get north of St. Helena, you'll see this bright cherry red truck on the side of the road. And that that, that, that tells you you've arrived here. Is, is there a significance behind this truck? Um, no significance other than it's sort of become our mascot over the years. Um, the the red truck is, is people associate um, that red truck with Benessery Vineyards. They, like you said, you people notice it when they're driving up uh, 29, and um, it's just become our symbol. And so, the one that you're referring to out on the corner, that is a uh, an old 1949 Chevy, uh, and then we also have a 1958 Ford uh, here next to the winery. But the represent original, both sides. That's it, fair. Fair. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you gotta have people want to take pictures with the truck. Sure. Uh, but the original one was the 1950 Mercury that was fully restored by Mr. Benish, um, and that one unfortunately got taken off the road because it was on the corner uh, of 29 for a long time. I go out there and you know, the gas cap would be missing or the, uh, you know, the door would be open or something other nefarious. And so we decided to take that off the road. <laughs> well, why don't we go and taste some wine? Let's taste some wine. Absolutely. So we're here in the tasting room. Now, this isn't your only tasting room. You also have a tasting room in the city of Napa, right? We do. So um, it's not ours. We're part of a collective in the city of Napa. It's called Feast It Forward. Um, and it is... Uh, a well, it's a, it's a, for lack of a better description, it's a collective of uh, 18 different wineries. We're one of them. We're very happy to be part of it, um, where they will taste uh, some of our wines, as well as others, of course. But it's also a place where uh, musicians can come and play, uh, where chefs can do uh, come and do demonstrations. They, Jacques Pepin is filming his series there, uh, cool. which used to be on PBS, and now it's going to be on the Feast It Forward Network, which is really cool. Um, but they'll do a lot of special events like that, which is pretty neat. So you don't have to drive all the way up Valley if you want to get a taste of your wine. You can get it right in the heart of uh, the city of Napa. And it's right in the, the Oxbow District, so it's uh, very convenient for anyone who's down, yeah, right down there. Right there in the river. Um, and it's pretty cool. And then and the people that are seeking out more, even more Italian varietals than what they're getting there, they can come up and see us, of course. Uh, but, it's, but it's a great way for people to get an introduction uh, to Benestri. Terrific. Let's taste some wine. Taste some wine. So uh, the fr this first wine I poured here for you, this is our 2016 Sangiovese. Um, this is kind of our, uh, our bread and butter, if you will, uh, or we're Italian wine, so bread and olive oil. Um, uh, what people most associate us with is this wine, probably. It's our highest production red wine. We make about 700, 700 750 cases of this a year, um, and it's a very food-friendly, very Italian wine. Um, obviously it's a wine um, that most Italians uh, know um, it's a it's a in Italy it's a base for the county wines which um, a lot of uh, people definitely know those wines. and how would you say Sangiovese from California or Napa specifically varies from Sangiovese and Chianti. Sure, sure. So this is uh, obviously uh, California wines. There's a lot of sun here. There's a lot of ripening. There's a lot of fruit. So there's a lot of uh, brightness uh, to this wine. Um, 
not necessarily that you wouldn't get in Italy, but it's definitely a characteristic of the wines that um, are, are here, certainly now, in San Giovese. On the nose, that brightness doesn't smack you in the face like you might expect, actually. It's uh, kind of a little more subtle. Yeah, a little more um, so. He, uh, there's a touch of earthiness to it, then yep. maybe some balsamic notes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Beautiful. Strawberry and cherry and bright fresh. There's that sunshine there. Absolutely, absolutely. Much like Chianti, nice high acidity. Mm-hmm. I think, again, food. Wants to have food with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's no, the production on this? Uh, there's about 700, uh, 700 to 750 cases of this a year. Uh, so we've got about six, just maybe just under six acres of San Giovese uh, here on the property. Uh, and we use it all uh, for us. Uh, it does go into our Phenomenon blend, which we'll try next. But yeah, it's a, it's a great bridal. Uh, don't we, we don't use a lot of new oak for this, a lot of neutral oak on the San Giovese. Um, maybe a little bit, but not much. Um, we just, you know, Matt's having fun with it and making some food-friendly wines. Yeah, great great body, great texture. A little bit of tannin still because it's a baby. Mm-hmm. And but not uh, what, overpowering. What's the price about? Uh, this is thir- retails for $38 a bottle. Oh, wow. Okay, so for Napa, that's a value. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a value wine. A lot of our wines are value wines um, because, you know, we just... This is our property. It comes from our fruit. We're not purchasing the fruit. Um, it's just, you know, it's a great wine. We like to share it with people. Sure. What's next? So next up here, this is our um, 2015 Phenomenon. Uh, it is our Super Tuscan blend, or we like to say uh, our Super Nappin blend. <laughs> um, For those who might not know what a Super Tuscan is, what's a Super Tuscan? So Super Tuscan um, is typically a Cabernet-based wine uh, blended with a little bit of Sangiovese. Started in Italy uh, with the Ancinori family. They, they wanted to make, uh, they had some quote-unquote Bordeaux varietals uh, that they wanted to use, but in Italy that was a big no-no. So they decided to uh, make it with an Italian flair, so they put Sangiovese in it. Uh, and that sort of started the Super Tuscan phenomenon. And now a lot of, there's a lot of really great Super Nus- Tuscans really out great, there. Really expensive Super Tuscans. Really expensive <laughs> Tuscans. Um, uh, and this is, this is our version of it. Uh, it does vary from year to year and it, it we do have our own napa flair to it so that's why we call it you know sort of a super napin if you will <laughs> um but this uh particular blend's got sangiovese cabernet uh merlot and Syrah. oh what a pretty pretty nose great kind of red flowers yeah and... yeah and so this originally came to be um uh when uh, our old winemaker back in the early 2000s, he and our, uh, at the time we had an Italian consultant uh, that came over twice a year from Italy. Um, they were tasting the blends one day and, and they uh, were tasting the blends for this. And boy, this wine is really phenomenal. This is just a phenomenal wine. So uh, they decided to, to call it Phenomenon. Uh, before that, it was, called, it was just the Reserva, uh, you know, the Reserva wine. Oh, interesting. So, and... They decided to call it Phenomenon. And this is, up until a couple of years ago, this was kind of our answer to the big Napa Valley cabs. It was, um, you know, not a, a 100% cab. It was a blend, uh, but it could stand up with some of the other cabs that were here in the valley. Now we do make a Cabernet by itself. Um, so this it, there's a little bit less Cabernet in the Phenomenon blend on a typical year-to-year basis uh, than maybe in the past, but um, still has that as a component. Um, and it really allows Matt to kind of create a wine that is t- 
tasting great for that year, as, as good blends do. The nice thing about this phenomenon is you mentioned that this is sort of your answer to the higher-end um, Napa Valley Cabernets. Sometimes when you think high-end Napa Valley Cabernets, you think these big beasts that are jammy, bordering on a little sweet, grippy tannins. This is not that. This is elevated. There's a ton of finesse to it. Yep. Nice, bright acidity. And that Sangio really brings something special to the party, doesn't it? Absolutely. And there's some oak in here as well. Um, again, not not a lot of oak, maybe 30% oak in here. Um, so, you know, it does, there's, a, there's a lot of complexity to it. Absolutely. Obviously, because this is the reserve, you're using the higher-end fruit. Little, little more wood, so a little more money. What's the price on this one? Well, so this is uh, again, I think, is really a bargain uh, wine. It's sixty dollars a bottle. Oh, for Napa <laughs> and, Valley. And that's your reserve, right? Well, yes, we do have uh, a Cabernet, which is um, seventy-five dollars, and we do have our John's Promise, which is our um, John Benish's sort of that his wine. Uh, that's all. That's eighty-five dollars. But yeah, this is our everyday high-end blend, if you will. Delicious, delicious wine. What's next? So next up are the wines that you are looking forward to. Um, this here is our 2015 Alianico. Um, this comes from the uh, Collins family Holystone Vineyard, which is the, the vineyard right next door um, to our property uh, and is on the corner of Highway 29 and um, Big Tree Road, where the red truck is. And you mentioned that... You planted your own Alianico. When will those vines come online? So we grafted over, um, like I said, about an acre and a half, I believe, uh, to Alianico earlier this year. And so we should start In getting fruit from next year, probably. Mm. Yeah. So it's um, it should be uh, online soon. Interesting thing. What what really brought Vanessa to my attention was tasting the Alianico at the Symposium for Professional Wine Writers in Napa. Oh, very uh, there cool. was a, There was a tasting of, I don't know if they called it off the beaten path or mm-hmm. you know, some kind of not your typical Napa varieties. Yep. And this wine was the one that really stood out to me. It really called to me, and I'm looking forward to retasting it. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite wines that we make. It's it, there's a lot of lot of flavor here. It, like I said earlier, it's um, a little different. It's not your typical uh, Napa Valley wine. It's not your typical Italian wine. It's um, you know, it's got some Italian flavors blended with, you know, Napa Valley brightness, if you will. And a nice kind of darker, richer fruit underneath that. Yes. In, in a body that's richer. Yep. Let's move into it. So next up here, this is our 2015 Sagrantino. This is uh, a wine that we are the only producers uh we we are the only ones that grow and produce uh this wine here in napa valley um, there are some other wineries that make sagrantino uh, but not with napa valley fruit okay um and even then there's only one or two as far as we can tell we're one of about five or six wineries that actually make this wine here in california so it's very rare um it's even rare to and, get on the market because, you know, Umbria is kind of its quiet little own community. Absolutely. And one of the interesting things about Sagrantino is it is a truly native variety to Umbria where many of the varieties available throughout Italy are hybrids and things that have been brought in through the Roman conquest and whatnot. But Sagrantino is actually a true uh, it is a- native variety to Umbria. Uh, see what the Napa sun brings to it. Yeah, exactly. So it is a wine that does... Uh, 
a grape, I should say, that takes a long time to ripen on the vines. Does it? So it is often the last grapes that we pick of the season. Um, but you know, again, it, it it's a, a lot of flavor. It is a wine that it's a very big wine. Um, it does take a long time to um, uh, to come into its own in the bottle. I, I recommend aging this bottle longer than some of the other wines that we sure. that we Let those uh, produce. Come down exactly. And- uh, exactly, but uh, it's a great wine. Um, you know, I, we've read a lot about Sagrantino, and Matt is a big fan of this wine as well as the Alianico. And um, supposedly, up until about twenty years ago, even the Italians didn't really know much about this wine. And so, a lot of times, it was made into a sweet wine. Right. This is not a sweet wine, but um, they didn't know what to do with it, so they just made it sweet. And so, um, now people are. are or have studied it a lot more and they're understanding it more and so they're making it into these fabulous um, you know table wines red wines and, and they're, they're great great flavors of like black plum and cola once, again once you get past that kind of rough exterior it really reveals something pretty underneath and yep. I would say probably three years is where you'd be happy waiting for this wine for those cannons to mellow and uh, how far back have you produced Sagrantino? Sagrantino? Uh, well, before I got here. I've been here for three years, but um, uh, mid-2000s, I believe. Um, it's been a while. Have you gone back and longer. tasted any back vintages to see kind of how those older vintages I've are standing I've had some, uh, some 08s and 09s, and they're, they're, uh, they've mellowed out, uh, which is nice, but they're fantastic. It's just like I said, uh, just a much different flavor profile than, than a typical, say, Cabernet. Um, or San Giovese. It's yeah, they're fun, fun wines. Well, all the wines across the board are delicious. Um, not what you might think of as typically Napa, even though the varieties are generally not typically Napa. Everything's a little elevated, a little lighter, a little brighter acidity. Really easy to drink, and I think all will go beautifully with 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 food. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. It was a My pleasure. pleasure to. Do a little visit here of Italy in the heart of Napa at uh, Benicetta. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, for coming and visiting us here uh, here in Napa Valley in San Juan. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpourpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod.